Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and thank you for downloading this week's episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. Let's repeat our case one more time. Okay, everybody, this is uh, Dakota. He's a three-and-a-half-year-old male. He's awoken with diffuse abdominal pain. According to mom, he vomited about five times. Some of that was productive. Um, has a rash on the anterior chest. He was lethargic when we got there, since we've been there with him and through the transport. Now crying, as you can see. Um, lone sounds were clear, as far as we could tell. Uh, we then noticed O2 sats dropping and had cyanosis around the lips. So we put him on O2. He's uh, one o he, he had no previous fever, now 102.3 rectal. Um, mom and extended family are out here, so just FYI. GCS at 10, BP 100 over 60. Pulse of 120, 97% on the O2. And uh, no allergies, no meds, had not been sick for the past couple days. Any questions? Anyway, I know it was a lot. He's kind of crunking on us. Okay? Thank you. Over the last several weeks, we've been going through our fallback panic mnemonic for the undifferentiated sick child, sick baby. It's been a long road, but you've been sticking with me because I promised this would be really high yield, and it is. You gotta know this. We've covered oxygen and respiratory disorders. We checked that finger stick blood sugar, and we considered sepsis and heart problems and inborn errors of metabolism and endocrinology. And our final week this week, T, tummy, with a brief comment about non-accidental trauma. All very high yield for your test in the USMLE. These are big hitting topics. Let's start with the most important topic today and get trauma, specifically non-accidental trauma, out of the way. And I hate this. So the estimate in Tintin Alleys is that up to 10% of the pediatric patients you see in the ED are undergoing some form of abuse, 10%. It can be sexual or neglect, but for the purpose of this series, I want to focus on physical abuse because it's probably the easiest to catch. This is one of the big reasons, unfortunately, that we have to completely undress kids because this is very common. The big red flags on history for this are stories that keep changing or that don't make sense and delays in the parents seeking care for their child. Sometimes there will be a documented history of other traumatic injuries. I've caught a few cases that way. On exam, besides being thorough, it's really about looking for bruising. Normal bruising is in kids that can walk and cruise and bump around, and it occurs on bony prominences, so the front of the head, not on the torso or on the ears or on the neck. So keep your eye out for that. 10% is the number. If you suspect non-accidental trauma, you get something called a skeletal survey and you are mandated to report it, which I have done many, many times. If the kid is altered, you need a head CT. If they have an abdominal injury, that you need to get an abdominal CT. You get the idea. That's the trauma part of T today. You always have to keep this in mind. But the bulk of this episode is tummy. There are five super emergencies. Remember from our tummy ache episode that you need to do a good genitourinary exam because torsion and hernias are bad emergencies as well. But those aren't the five we're going to cover today. We're literally covering five emergencies inside 
the pediatric abdomen. And those five are necrotizing enterocolitis, volvulus, toxic megacolon, intussusception, and pyloric stenosis. All five of these can be diagnosed with either an abdominal x-ray or ultrasound or both and are really bad if you miss it. First is necrotizing enterocolitis, first month of life. These are sick preemies. Although it can happen in term babies, usually this is a sick preemie. Their intestinal bacteria get into the wall of the intestines itself and form gas. And the kids look sick. Maybe some of that bad bilious vomiting. And when you get an x-ray, which is how you see this, you might just see some ileus, but you can also see something called pneumatosis intestinalis. That is pathognomonic necrotizing enterocolitis. This will be on your test. It's called pneumatosis intestinalis, air in the bowel wall. If the baby has this, you need to put in an NG tube, you need to start antibiotics, you need to call pediatric surgery. There's a 15 to 30% mortality with this, which is huge. Next is malrotation with volvulus. Malrotation is the underlying etiology. The gut doesn't rotate right during development and then it predisposes to volvulus occurring, which is a big emergency. This is in healthy kids, usually in the first month of life, 90% of the time in the first year, but it can happen even older than that. And these kids will have a distended abdomen, they will look sick, they will have bad bilious vomiting, it can happen intermittently, and you start with an abdominal x-ray, but it's actually an upper GI series with oral contrast that sees malrotation best. Again, you need a call surgery. Our third big intra-abdominal emergency is toxic megacolon. The child isn't pooping. Maybe they have Hirschsprung's disease. You get an x-ray and you see this huge distended colon. You gotta consult surgery again. Fourth, intussusception. This is a big one. This is really common. Two months to two years old, you get that telescoped bowel for whatever reason, and that bowel gets ischemic and it can perforate. It needs to be reduced, and usually we do that with something called an air enema. This one is really tough to diagnose. It's usually intermittent, and your symptoms are basically intermittent abdominal pain. Classically, the child will pull their legs up to their chest, and then intermittent lethargy. The child is just completely out of it. But again, these aren't specific, they aren't sensitive, and so we get lots of ultrasounds looking for intussusception. And just for the record, you can still get the ultrasound even if the symptoms are temporarily resolved. But intussusception is really hard to diagnose for sure. Last is pyloric stenosis. Again, it's one of the most common GI disorders in kids. They get this frequent non-bilious vomiting. It's, it's described as projectile vomiting. The, the kids still have a good appetite, which is weird because you think if they were nauseous, they wouldn't want to eat. These kids get all sorts of electrolyte issues from vomiting up that hydrochloric acid. They'll get an alkalosis. They get hypochloremia. Usually potassium follows the acid, so you get hypokalemia too. You got to hydrate them. And again, the kid needs surgery. Those are the big five intra-abdominal tummy disorders to know. Always check the groin though, which I know you are. And that completely wraps up our mnemonic. 
fall back on this. Next time you have a sick baby or a sick young child and you're getting nervous, oh shit, grab the Braslo. Give oxygen and consider respiratory emergencies. Check the finger stick for hypo and hyperglycemia. Consider sepsis and give antibiotics. Consider all of that congenital heart stuff and don't forget to consider giving prostaglandin in a crashing baby less than a month old. The entire family of inborn errors of metabolism and endocrinology with acid and ammonia building up and checking for that hypoglycemia and then T, keeping your eyes open for the non-accidental trauma. 10% of kids are undergoing some type of abuse and tummy with those five super big emergencies, necrotizing enterocolitis, volvulus, toxic megacolon, intussusception, and pyloric stenosis. That wraps up the series. Oh shit, grab the Braslow. Until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.